1: Visit enterprise.co.uk forward slash business to find out more.
2: This is TalkSport Daily.
1: Happy Wednesday.
3: I'm Jason Cundy, the duck lover. Quack, 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 quack. And welcome to another edition of the TalkSport Daily podcast. In today's poddy, we've got the reaction of last night's Champions League football with both Liverpool and Manchester City in action. There's the build up. It's a live football taking place with fans. Yes, fans are back in the ground tonight. Really, fans are back. And an non-league coach plotting the special one's downfall in the FA Cup. But we kick things off with Simon Floppy Haired Jordan. He says that if Derby want to get themselves relegated, they should appoint Wayne Rooney.
4: Too much of a risk. It's different from Frank Lampard going to Derby. Derby are in a stuck, and they're in the middle of an ownership change. Wayne Rooney will look like a, on paper, a very appealing aspiration because I suspect, I suspect there's a real challenge of him here because I suspect he was brought in a contract that also included him as a coaching role. So they've now got themselves into a bit of a mess because Cocker was brought in, Rooney's been brought in as a coach. If they bring in a new manager on top of Rooney that they don't want Rooney as a coach, they've all of a sudden got a bit of a contractual problem. But to get him out of the problem they're in now, Look, how can you possibly put Wayne Rooney in that position and really, on the balance of probability, think he's going to be successful? They're second to bottom in the league. They're struggling. He's got no experience in the championship. He's never managed before. He hasn't coached before. He hasn't earned or learnt his stripes in the coaching world. If Derby want to get themselves relegated, then appoint Wayne Rooney.
3: Well, I wonder how Derby got on last night against Coventry City.
4: Real drama here in
0: the second minute of stoppage time. Derby heading for the win. We thought through that Kazim Richards goal, but then Harbour has just drilled one powerfully. Derby won, Coventry won. How much are you enjoying this new role?
5: Yeah, of course. It's, it's, I said yesterday, it's something I want to do, something I'm confident in. I've got a belief in myself. Um, so, and the, the players believe in me and trust in me um, in what I'm asking them from them. So, but yeah, it's obviously... I think the sooner the decision is made, the better, because once the new owners are in for this club to move forward, I think it'd be vital to have a decision.
3: Over to my show now, yes, the Jason Cundy Sports Bar, with Perry Groves looking back at the action in the Champions League.
2: Curtis Jones just got the side of his boot to it and he shimmied it into the goal. It had been all Ajax up until that point. Liverpool 1, Ajax nil.
5: Going on about the youth and how great Klopp is, how many of these Liverpool lads would get a start if it wasn't for the injuries that Liverpool had. But they're making out like Klopp is some kind of messiah because he's put in four or five youth lads who have played in an under-23s <laughs> environment. And, you know, you think, well, would they, if you put them in front of a 90,000-seater stadium full of people screaming down their necks, would they be as good? Would they be singing his praises? Well, OK, well, I'll there? tell you what.
3: Let, let, me, let me answer that question. And I'm no Liverpool fan, as you, as, as you well know. But he could have oh, played... i well, well he, he, he could have yeah, played, he played that, Adrian. He could have played Adrian tonight. Yeah. And there are a lot... Of managers would have done that. Now, I think there is. I think there is definitely an element of truth in what you have said. But there is also. I've seen Jones yes. play games. I've seen Williams play games. Where actually he could have done something different. I, I think there is an element true. But I think what is also true is that you, it's a little harsh on what you are saying there.
4: In the game, they, I think they, they must have thought it's all or nothing, pretty much. That's how they changed. They have had all their strikers, I think, on the pitch in the end. And so I'm very, very, very happy about the result and the performance in the circumstances. Yeah, great. The thing that surprised
6: me about Liverpool, Jurgen Klopp's been moaning about five subs, hasn't he? Like, he wants five subs... He didn't take Robertson. Robertson played a full game. He yeah. could have put Simicass on. Henderson played a full game. And why don't we only use two subs?
4: Back into the box again. This time oh. they of by Jesus off the bar and stabbed it on the rebound. And now they are in front, finally, Manchester City. There's going to be a VAR review into that goal and whether or not it was onside or
1: offside. And the referee is going to chalk it off. I mean, if you go back in the archives, there was a lone voice called Pierce a few years ago Who said, I would rather know VAR, I'd rather just leave it to the officials. And I've always been of that mentality. And everyone thought, yeah, it's just because you're an old duffer and, you know, you don't know what you're talking about. And all of a sudden, everyone, that groundswell of people that wanted VAR did not foresee what we've got at the moment and what our game's turned into. And uh, we were waiting for, you know, two minutes, three minutes for decisions to come through, and and we're almost losing the soul out of our game.
3: The EFL has reportedly asked the government for the 35-year ban preventing fans from drinking alcohol in view of the pitch to be suspended. Simon Floppyhead Jordan does not think it's a good idea. There's a surprise, boring old Floppyhead. Millwall CEO Steve Kavanagh supports the notion, believing it will be safer for all involved.
5: I think football fans up and down the country deserve some respect and and deserve a chance to show that they're not what football was in 1985. But also in terms of the the logistics of the stadiums and and people stopping in concourses, if you could serve in concourses, they're, they're gathering indoors, they're gathering in tight areas. You don't want that. Everything we've done in what we do is trying to, to redesign the fan journey throughout our stadiums. It's been a massive logistical effort and allowing alcohol, which is part of the the, the, the sports experience, not just football, all sports experience, or going to the opera or the, the theatre. It's part of that journey. The moment
4: the country opens up from lockdown on Tuesday or Wednesday, we know that people are going to go out and socialise mm. and they're going to get carried away. That There's going to be a party atmosphere. The first time people go back into football stadium, the same thing's going to be there as well. And I wouldn't want to give this government's lack of understanding any more opportunities to have any issues. I'd want to get fans in there. I'd have to sacrifice some of the experiences like we've all had to do through life and then say, bang, f- football, we've nailed this. Can we please now have 30% of our stadium, please, rather than 2,000 fans? Can we please now have six or 7,000 at Millwall, X amount of 1,000 at X, XYZ clubs, rather than this silly, non-scientifically based number of 2,000 mm. fans?
5: What we'd like to do is to actually... Do these things in a safe way and allowing someone to drink when there's 2,000 in the stadium with no away fans, no hostile atmosphere, allowing them to have a drink served to their seat seems a logical step to take. And then we can review how that works and then we can look at what happens in the future. They're, they're asking for it to be suspended. They're not saying turn the law over, remove it forever, suspend it. Let's get through COVID, which has seen us all redesign our lives anyway. Let's put this in place for this. Let's have a go. See what happens. If it doesn't work, then we know where we are when fans fully return. And our jelly
3: deals and our glass of beer Come rain or shine all the time, our families will bring And as the Lions run on the pitch, everyone will sing Let them come, let them come, let them come Aston Villa CEO Christian Perslow joined Times Radio after it was announced their game against Newcastle United would be postponed due to a COVID nineteen outbreak at Newcastle. Perslow also spoke of his frustration with VAR. But first, this was his take on Friday's match being postponed.
2: Essentially, it turns out that following uh, a quite a high spike, certainly the highest spike in. COVID-19 positive tests we've seen in the Premier League uh, in the last six months. Public Health England were notified. They got together with the club and with the Premier League and uh, essentially took the decision to shut their training ground. So none of their footballers were allowed to come to work uh, since yesterday and wouldn't be in work for the rest of the week. So although uh, it's incredibly inconvenient for everybody, frankly, um, you know, it's not exactly fair to be forced to play a football match if you can't prepare for four days. So the league took that decision with my full support.
4: Ollie Watkins, who missed the penalty
3: about 10 minutes ago that Villa were awarded has just put the ball in the back of the net for their equaliser. They are checking on VAR. The goal ruled out VAR as it normally does looks to rule goals out rather than give us a spectacle.
2: In uh, some of the cup competitions, we had three rounds of the Carabao Cup earlier in the season. And honestly, speaking purely as a fan, it was really refreshing to go to a game where there was no VAR. I enjoyed it. I really did. Now, don't get me wrong. Speaking professionally, speaking on behalf of Villa and the league I don't think we're going to row backwards here
3: Luke Griggs the Deputy Chief Executive at Brain Injury Association Headway has spoken about the injury assessments in sport, particularly football after the recent injury to Raul Jimenez which saw the Wolves striker suffer a fractured skull Griggs questioned what it might take for the game to change
6: this isn't the first of these incidents and and we find ourselves in a bit of Groundhog Day. I mean, I take you back to 2013 with Hugo Lloris and Romelu Lukaku when there was a massive outcry then and we led the the calls at that point for something to change when Hugo Lloris was was clearly in in a bad way. Uh, He'd lost consciousness, he was unstead in his feet and he was allowed to overrule the medical staff and manager to go back onto the pitch. So we had an outcry then and you look back a couple of years, you know, only to 2017 and of course you had the the terrible incident of uh, of Ryan Mason um, Hmm. sustaining it. A, a, a fractured skull and you know we again call for things to change yeah, and here we are again you know I'm afraid it sounds kind of pessimistic but I'm left thinking well actually what will change and what will take it to actually make meaningful change happen good stiff jab and he just
0: dabs at the eye and Dubois goes down to a knee he's gone down to a knee he dabbed at that eye
1: before he went down to the knee yeah. and he's going to get counted out. Daniel Dubois has been out!
6: We're talking about someone's life and their long-term health and, and the concept of, you know, going out on your shield. It's just so hugely irresponsible and dangerous. You're talking about someone's life here. Um, and, and, you know, sport is something that we all have so much passion about, me included. But there is more to life than sport. And our, our long-term lives are far more important than three minutes in a boxing ring or 90 minutes on a football pitch. Mm.
3: England cruised to a nine-wicket victory against South Africa in the third and final T20 to take the series 3-0 in style at Newlands. Impressing former fast bowler and pundit, Alex Tudor.
0: Milan's gone into the leg side this time. He's gone underneath this one. Has he got enough? Yes, he has! So can't do anything about that. This over has gone 1-6-1-4-6. One, He's racking up
5: telephone numbers at the moment. And Gidi goes into Milan. Oh goodness me. Oh god, just fetch it.
4: Fetch it, throw it back. That's gone miles. Stokes and Morgan have not even come to the wicket. You know, England have a, a long batting order. You know, you've got Rashid coming at eleven and they just made that South African bowling lineup look very average. I mean, listen, they're very inexperienced, they haven't played a lot of cricket, they're missing their a world-class bowler through injury. It was always going to be tough, but the halfway stage 191, you're thinking we got a game on. Well, they've done it with 14 balls to spare.
3: And don't forget that if you like your cricket, the following on podcast is available to download right now, reflecting on England's series victory. Over to Darren Bent on his old teammate Gareth Bale and why he thinks Jose Mourinho may be losing his patience with the Welsh wizard.
1: It's a year's long. So He's running out of time, so f- for me, it's one of them. Ha- this is the question you've got to ask: Is how long is Mourinho prepared to give him before he goes? You know what? This is not working. I need to continue because the, all the talk is about Spurs: is mm. Son and Kane, yes, superb. But when they get bailed back, when Bell gets back to himself, bail this, Bell that. But right now, he's nowhere near the bell that we, we can remember. And listen, he's not played consistently for about three years. And he's had big injuries as well. So that bell may never come back.
3: Gareth Bale has the goal. Spurs have the goal. And the prodigal son, who returned in the summer, is now back up and running. To be fair,
1: he couldn't miss. So for me, it's kind of them... It's how long are they going to give him? How long are the fans prepared to give him before they go, listen, we can't keep waiting on when he's going to come back. Vine needs to be planned. Lucas Moura needs to be planned. So it's kind of a strange one, but at the minute, the signs don't look great. Now in the FA Cup third round, non-league Marine, yes,
3: Marine, will come up against Jose Mourinho's Spurs. Their manager, Neil Young, he joined Laura and Ali on breakfast and said he can't wait to take the special one on. And how the likes of Harry Kane and co. might fill out a place against the Merseysiders.
2: Well, our ground's a very tight ground in the middle of a lot of houses it's only three sided there's houses on one side I don't know if you've seen the game on oh. Sunday but yeah. people yeah. were drinking Prosecco and trees and branches and there's somebody oh. having a roast dinner um, so, and so <laughs> to be God. honest they're quite the, the touch line is very close to the dugout in the house uh, basically they're talking, they're talking to you through the fence I got <clears> up with a sausage sandwich believe it or not
0: <laughs> uh, did you take uh, it? I, Neil I've got to ask you who has Prosecco with a Sunday dinner is that what they do didn't <laughs>
2: <laughs> I didn't really do anything it's, it's just crazy I mean I, I started managing in, in Sunday football over 20 years ago and gone through non-league with the Chester and Stockport and, and clubs like that and mm. and now I'm coming up against one of the world's finest so you know it's, oh, it's a, a fairy tale. <laughs>
0: Alan, can you please read out the third round FA Cup draw? As I missed the draw, if you can read it out before I go to work at seven a.m. ten minutes time. Many, many thanks. That's from Brian. And um, then he texts again, saying, "Please read out the FA Cup third round draw." Unfortunately, I'm not online, Brian. Um, and luckily, Brian is on the line. Good morning, Brian. Good morning, Brian. Good morning, morning. Very good morning to you all. Great Joe. Thank, Thank you very much for having me on. You are, you are Brian, so welcome. It's nothing short of fantastic to have you on, and we are going to give you your very own FA Cup draw. Can I throw in a couple of eye-catchers for you? Yes, please. Okay, how about the, the winners of Canvey Island and Boreham Wood will yes. host Millwall? That's a nice wow. week. I know. Oh, they're going down the day. Oh, oh, oh. No, it is at home. It will be at Canva Island or Boreham Wood. They And wow. the winners of that particular tie will host Millwall. It's, a, it's an exciting one. But also, I've right. got another one for you, mate. Hang on a minute, Ali. They did play last night, Boreham 1. So. so Boreham 1? Yeah. So it's official? Yeah, it's official. Yeah, oh, I, wow. could, I could... There's breaking news, Brian. Breaking news on Talk Sport. And the breaking news is, I can now inform you, mate, that Borum Wood, after an incredible tussle at Canva Island, will host Millwall, mate. There you are. Oh, dear. Can't Alex, believe that. That's what you get on this show. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Brian, Thank we loved please. having you on. Brilliant, Thank you. Brian. You can Thank come very back any mate. You.
3: A reminder what's coming up on the Talksport network tonight from 7pm Sevilla take on Chelsea that's in the Champions League that's on talk sport presented by Hugh Wisencroft commentary from Jim Proudfoot and Danny Mills also tonight 745 Nottingham Forest take on Watford in the championship that's on talk sport as an exclusive commentary from Ian Danta, Chris Iwilumu plus all the goals as they go in for the night's other key EFL matches That's it. I'm back on the sports bar tonight from 10 o'clock in Perry Groves. There'll be another one of these TalkSport daily podcasts out first thing in the morning. Until then, be safe, everyone. Be safe. That was a podcast from TalkSport.